Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, everybody. Um, as you can see, I'm hosting it again today. Craig can't be with us. I'm not going to do the good afternoon, good evening, good bit and all that because, you know, that's Craig's uh, a little thing and, um, you know, we'll keep it at that. So I'm just going to say good evening and... Uh, Welcome to the same old Arsenal uh, after Crystal Palace yesterday. Crystal Palace 2, Arsenal 2. So the 11 or the 12 or 11 game win run comes to an end. But 12 games unbeaten is what we're looking at now. So we have to look at the positives from that. I was just going to say my little bit first. I'm... I'm gonna not gonna lie. I'm sitting here today. I've been a little bit down, a little bit disappointed. I felt that um, even though we did not deserve anything from it, and we didn't um, deserve to win the game, I don't think we deserved um, to get anything from the game. I thought we, was, if I'll be honest, I thought we was poor. But when you're two one up with ten minutes to go, you know, I felt that we probably should have uh, seen it out. And for me, the biggest two disappointments of, 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 the, of the game and the last goal was I'm going to blame Mustafi. I'm going to blame um, it's definitely Lacazette. And I'm also going to blame the manager. And I'm also going to blame uh, Lucas Torreira. And I shall say why. And then you can come in and see what you, what you think. I might be wrong, but there we go. First of all, we'll go from... Um, what I think from the manager's point of view. I've loved what the manager's done over there. I don't know how you guys feel we talk about it. I've loved the way the manager has made his substitutions in the last few games and it's, I think, has won us the games. I think his substitutions yesterday um, hindered us and probably cost us the game. I, I, I can understand why he took uh, Mesut Ozil off, but for, to bring on Danny Welbeck for him, I, I can never understand it. The obvious choice was to bring Aaron Ramsey in there and just shore it up a little bit. Um, so I felt that we made a couple of mistakes in. And then when he took um, Aubameyang off, we lost all our pace in the side as well. And I felt that that was a wrong decision. But I'm going to say that. I'm going to forgive him for that because he's been getting them mostly right all season. Uh, the second goal, I've got to say this, um, Lacazette, I don't know what he was doing. I'm going to have to say that I thought Lacazette was poor from from the word go in the game. I just didn't think he was at the races for, for whatever reason. What he was doing with that pass, I, I do never, I will never know what he'd done with that. And my, I'm going to blame Torreira for next because my, the reason why I'm going to blame him because we are 2-1 up with 10 minutes to go because they're holding midfield player. Should he be bombing on towards the edge of the box? That's my, my thing there. He should have just stayed at home and um, just seen out the game from my point of view. And then the third one, who's taken a lot of stick, stick uh, today uh, and yesterday, is uh, um, Mustafi. You know, why the hell we just didn't take him out on the halfway line, I will never know. You know, um, listen, I've, I played semi professional football. I was, I was taught and told to do that on, uh, on so many uh, occasions. 
and, and that's my worry. Not, and I don't blame uh, Emery for this, is that he's a player that's been about for so long, international, and he still doesn't twig when to do that and when not to. And if he's not going to do it now, I, I, I can't see him ever getting into that mentality. I, I watch others. Do you think Ramos would have let that player go through on that, that bit? Yeah. No, 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 not a chance. Not a chance. And it's ingrained in you. And from that moment on, look, the, the positives from it, boys, I'm going to just say before I ask for your thoughts of it, the positives were that we didn't play well, we didn't lose. Um, we was 1-0 down at half-time. And I can tell you in the, in the away end there, a lot of people were going, oh, we're not going to pull this around. We, we pulled it around with um, uh, a good 10-minute spell. Um, and then when it went 2-2, they really put it on us, I thought, and, and we, we we see it out. So there are positives from the negatives, but for me, you know, it was a disappointing performance and, and result, but, um, you know, we got a point. Um, Ari, what's your thoughts on it? Um, pretty much the same, to be honest. Uh, again, disappointed, of course, whenever you're in a winning position and you don't end up winning the game, you, you're going to feel disappointment. Um, so obviously there's that, there's that element to it. I didn't think Arsenal played all that well yesterday. In fact, it was probably our worst performance of the season. I would say, I thought we were poor in pretty much every department on the pitch. So to get away with a point, it, it has to be looked at as a positive. I think with Liverpool around the corner and maybe it was a good thing that we didn't win yesterday. I know that sounds stupid because as a football team, why is it good not to win? But, you know, maybe it will serve as a bit of a reality check, um, remind some of the supporters of where we actually are at instead of people getting carried away about what we can achieve this yeah. season. And, you know, it, it it takes the pressure off us, I think, going into the Liverpool game because, you know, Arsenal, had they been on a 12-game winning run, you know, all of a sudden we're not the underdogs anymore and we're expected to go out there and, and get the results. So it, it could work a little bit in our favour. I agree with you in terms of some of the individuals that had... Uh, pretty poor performances yesterday. I thought Lacazette looked isolated. I thought Ozil didn't have a great game. But an interesting stat, actually, that I, I saw today um, was that Mesa Ozil, I think he only received the ball seven times from uh, Guendouzi or Torreira yesterday, as opposed to 24 times from Xhaka and Torreira against Leicester. So, obviously, the service into Ozil wasn't there. Um, that's a major factor. I agree with you, Lee, in the sense that I'm not sure taking him off was the right decision. I understand why Emery did it because he wasn't in the game. And I guess he probably thought that we need to try and hold this out and let's bring, you know, some athletes onto the pitch, Welbeck or Ramsey to, to try and, you know, give us some more legs. But I think that ultimately backfired and, you know, we just got exposed for not having a left back at left back in the end. And I, I guess... That was always going to happen. You know, I tweeted before the game saying that if I was Roy Hodgson, I'd be sticking Andros Townsend and Zaha out there all game, you know, just to keep running at Xhaka because we know that's not his strength. You know, you guys know that I'm a big defender of Granite Xhaka, but one thing he's not is a left back and he hasn't got the movement. He hasn't got the pace as well as obviously it being an issue defensively. You didn't get that support for our wide men getting forward, particularly when Bellerin went off as well. There was no fullback bombing on um, for extra support. So, yeah, just a combination of things. Not a great performance. At the end of the day, we didn't lose. And, and that's the main thing, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Though, you know, I, I, I felt, um, I don't know about you, Graham, but like a, a lot of um, criticism has been chucked at their defending and our defence, and quite rightly so. But I thought our forward play, a hold-up play, it kept coming back, you know, whether it was Aubameyang, Awobi or Lacazette, I just felt that, um, you know, they, they they contributed nothing to the game apart from, you know, a, a dodgy goal, if you look from, from Lacazette's <laughs> uh, anvil and, uh, you know, even a bang then really, they, you know, he should have buried that a lot better than what he actually did. But that's neither near, here or there. Like, you know. what, what, what's your summing up of the, of the game? What's your net, Graham? What, was, what was your thoughts about that? Well, uh, I agree with what you said in, in, on your interview on Arsenal Fan TV, Lee, that it felt like two points dropped. Uh, but let's not uh, make any bones about it. It was a point gained because basically that was a very poor performance. It felt like a game too far. Three games in six days. Um, the team were worryingly open and disjointed in central midfield. Uh, we struggled to deal with their physicality. 
Our forwards couldn't hold the ball up. Uh, you mentioned there about the forward players. Iwobi lost the ball nine times in that game. Lacazette and Abamyang, 10 times. So 19 times our forwards lost the ball, which was quite worrying. Uh, and as you said, quite rightly say, Meza Ozil didn't really get on the ball. I will touch... Uh, I will touch on... Uh, uh, the Guendouzi uh, uh, Jacker partnership, because um, I think what um, uh, Harry was saying is a really good point, uh, and that is that I think that the fact that we were applauding Emery for the fact that he moved uh, Jacker to left back against Leicester on Monday night, and it did work for say fifteen twenty minutes uh, in that game, but to to play it against uh, Palace, Palace who play a four three three with Zaha and Townsend was obviously uh, uh, very worrying, uh, you know, because Townsend and uh, Zaha offer pace going forward in wide areas. Um, but, you know, sort of like, first of all, uh, the Jacker terrera partnership. I've got some stats here since they've been playing together. Uh, and that is that uh, Jacker and Terreira, uh, 491 minutes together in that partnership for yesterday, 780 completed passes, 63 accurate long balls, 12 key passes, two assists, 88 duels, one, 22 interceptions, seven blocks, 21 clearances, 32 fouls won. They are uh, a really good partnership for us. Um, and uh, obviously the fact that Jacker was at left back, Guendouzi moved into the central role. I think what you saw with Guendouzi and Jacker together as a partnership, that they, uh, it should work on paper, but I think Guendouzi is very inexperienced positionally uh, and also uh, doesn't really get into the position to get the passes in the passing lanes through to Meza Ozil. We talked about the lack of passes that Meza Ozil received. And that's, I think, really because I think your two central midfielders have to be together, you know, to receive passes. And I didn't think they were that yesterday. Um, obviously, Palace ruffled us. They're in our faces uh, MacArthur, in particular, very physical player, and they made it very difficult for our central midfielders. So um, I, I think in the end, a combination of that, we played the 4-2-3-1. Owobi was switched from the uh, left to the right. He was totally ineffective there. We missed, I think, the Jacka Terreira partnership. We didn't have our fullbacks bombing on. And, and Palace cut us open quite comfortably on a couple of occasions and could have scored before they did. Uh, that was a uh, worrying uh, I will touch on the uh, game management by Emery. We've been praising Emery for his game management, Lee, but I think his yeah. game management was lacking in this uh, uh, game. I think he said in his pre press conference, he put Welbeck on uh, really because he was worried about uh, Welbeck really to defend um, crosses going into the box because he felt that they were putting people into the box and causing us troubles from set plays. because we, we didn't defend set plays all that well yesterday. Their first goal led to a set play. And I have to say, really... Mustafi's decision-making in that instance, Coyote uh, was very clever, very cute, got his foot yeah. across him. But uh, what was Mustafi thinking? You know, to go to ground, that rashness, that cost us big time. And I think this is one of the things that undermined him as a commanding centre-back and one of the reasons why I don't think that he will last in Emery's team uh, come this season. Uh, but coming back to his uh, uh, substitutions... What I can't understand is, and I agree with you, Lee, I thought Lacazette was poor yesterday. Uh, and I, I thought at 2-1, when we, we didn't have the intensity we normally had through tiredness, I think, but at 2-1, I thought the substitution to make was to take off Lacazette and move yeah. a Bamiang central. And, you know, because Palace's midfield would have had to have dropped 10 yards, I think, and their defence would have had to drop because they would have been worried about a Bamiang spinning in behind. But he took a Bamiang off. It seems like it's a set substitution. We used to Graham. worry... Yeah. Do you not think that's to do with the fact that Lacazette didn't play midweek, though? Could that have a part in, in why he made that choice? Because from, from my perspective, I think it was a, a fitness thing. I think he looked at it and thought, you know, Aubameyang played the other night. Lacazette didn't. He's got more fuel in the tank, maybe. Maybe. I, I know he looks at numbers. Uh, and But having said that, I didn't think Aubameyang did all that much in the game, Harry. You know, sort of like... Um, to uh, and, and and same with Lacquer. I didn't think Lacquer was um, just not on his game, and I, no, I just I think just thought he was poor, Graham. I'm uh, with you. And and, yeah. and so I thought that was the obvious. You know, I, I take the point you're making there, Harry. It's a good one, and maybe he did look at it like that. 
but I thought that was the uh, the move he should have made uh, at the time. Uh, he could have taken off a Wobi as well, couldn't he? A Wobi wasn't exactly. It could have been that well, first could, sub. Took off quite a few of them, Graham. If well, he could have taken. He could have taken off he anyone. Take you know? off, he could only take off two because of the Bellerin yeah. injury, you know, because that, that that messed us up because we couldn't even get Mkhitaryan on, could we? Yeah. Uh, I agree with you, and I think that you know, we're going to touch on the controversial incidents in the game, the two penalties and uh, our maybe controversial second goal. But I'll just leave it there. I thought it in the context of. Well, we've lost, we've lost Graham for a second there. You still there? He'll be, there? Back. He'll be yeah. back. He'll be back. Just going like while well, 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 we've got him frozen out there at the moment. Like my <laughs> my worry was right. My worry was that um, you back with us, Graham? Yeah, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm back with you. Yeah. My, I, I thought that he should have put, put Welbeck on for Lacazette. That would have been my first substitution. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I, 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 I get the point that they was coming on top of us. So maybe uh, take um, Ozil off. But for me, I, I would have put Aaron Ramsey in there. Like, I know he only had the two substitutions. I just I just felt that, you know, it was the first one he got wrong. And listen, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to always get your, your substitutions right. I get that, like, you know. And I just felt that... I just want to touch on, we've, we've, we've spoke a little bit about this, um, you know, uh, the tiredness and, and jadedness. I, I felt that we was jaded in the game. And this brings me on to, to my point about Thursday night. I felt, you know, on one hand, it's good that we're playing strength, uh, 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 a strong side. But I, I felt on, um, on um, Thursday, and I still feel this now, even if we lost or drawn that game on, on Thursday, we're still going to go through in that group. So I felt that with this game coming up and it was like, you know, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, I, I felt that he perhaps could have made, in hindsight, and I still say it before, even though we won the game, that he should have made a few more substitutions knowing that a physical battle was coming at the end of the week on the Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, people like um, Meza Ozil, for instance, Hector Bellerin, I know, went out there, didn't get on. You know what I mean? Like, um, and then I look at somebody like um, uh, Smith Rowe, who was out there, never got, you know, I, I would have played these guys in this game, you know. Like El Nini, for instance, weren't even on the bench uh, Thursday, but he took him off after 60, 60 minutes and put Torreira on. I, I, did, did, did he really need to do that for that game? Thoughts, boys, on that? Yeah, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. And I agree with you. I think... It's just caught up with us now. I think obviously the the style of Emery's football is a lot more physically demanding than what we've seen in the past few years. Um, it's going to take a while for players to get to their maximum fitness levels. I don't think all of them are there yet. Um, three games in six days is a lot. It's a hefty schedule, particularly when one of those games is is away in another country. Um, I don't think that the sporting game was a particularly difficult one. And I don't think that they put 100% in there. I thought they coasted through that without really needing to. But at the same time, I completely agree with you. I think that there should have been a little bit more management in terms of minutes played and, and who got what. Because there were certainly players yesterday that looked like they were blown out of their asses, to be honest. And, and you know, if Hector Bellerin has picked up a muscle injury, like we're being told, then you've got to, I guess, put that down to him probably being exhausted. Yeah, because he didn't play, did he? But he travelled out there. Yeah, I, he travelled out there. I don't understand there, it. It's not I don't just, understand it. It's not just that he would have played. You know, for me, even if he had played two, if Bellerin plays two games in a week, the amount of running and work that he yeah, did, was doing, yeah, it, you yeah. still need to manage it. And, and it's just not happening at the moment. And that's because Stefan Licksteiner doesn't offer us the same. And I think Emery feels like he has to go with Bellerin all the time. Yeah, I think I think another point worth uh, making was we weren't exactly helped out by the Premier League fixture schedule, were we? To play Leicester on the Monday, that three days before a Europa League game away in Portugal, you know, was not exactly great. Other countries sort of seem to help their European sides out, don't they, with the fixture arrangement? We don't seem to have that luxury over here, so that didn't help. But having said that, he knew that, didn't he? But we've been praising him for the fact that um, Harry, and I know you've said it yourself, every player is part of this squad, and he, you know, and uh, you can't have it both ways, can you? Sometimes, you know. Um, every player's part of his squad, so everybody goes out and travels out to the games and that. But Wenger would have done it totally differently, wouldn't he? He would have, and then we might have criticised Wenger for not taking a stronger squad. I mean, it's easy, I think, sometimes to sit here 
uh, in hindsight. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Totally but, agree. But, but I do take the point Harry's making as well. You know, maybe, you know, he could have managed it, but I certainly think he's game management. I'll take that point. I think that's one thing we can take. We've praised him for his game management every single game uh, this season, but this was probably a game where he didn't manage it right. He had to use his first sub up. But he got it wrong, didn't he, I think, in the changes he made. I think he went 4-4-2, didn't he? I think he, he looked at Welbeck next to Lacquer, which was the, yeah. the combination he had at Fulham, wasn't it, that worked so well. Maybe he was thinking that, get Ozil out, have a Wobi uh, on one side, or Bamiang on the other with um, Welbeck next to Lacquer. What do you think of that, Harry? Was that his thinking, do you think? Um, possibly, yeah, possibly. I, to be honest, I, I've, I'm finding it really difficult to predict Unai Emery's starting lineups because I think there, there's so many factors that he takes into consideration that we're probably not even aware of and we probably haven't even touched on. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but the last thing I expected him to do in the last few games was put Granit Xhaka at left back. I mean, that took me completely by surprise. Um, yes, he's left footed. So I guess from that point of view, it makes sense. But I think the way Emery plays, he relies heavily on work rate from that position. He relies yeah. on his fullbacks getting forward. They, they're the only width that this team has. And to have Granite Xhaka there and then Licksteiner for a second half as well, it just completely killed us. I think going back to the forward line, I think you're right. I think he's seen combinations work and he's eager to, to try them again um, and as many times as possible. But, you know... <laughs> You're, you're absolutely spot on. Look, we've praised him so many times for making winning substitutions and stuff. But equally, you know, he's going to get them wrong sometimes. And, and we just have to accept that. He, he's, yeah. a, he's, he's, Lee, he's a big one for videos, isn't he? He watches videos. So he must have been aware of the threat of Zaha and Townsend. I think we were slightly lucky, actually, because I was looking at that setup in the first half. And Zaha, who's their most dangerous player, uh, was on the Bellerin side. And I kept thinking, if he comes over onto Jacker's side, you know, one-on-one -on -one with Jacker, that's going to be a nightmare for us. And I just think that was a reason not to play Jacker at left-back anyway. But when Jacker, uh, well, sorry, when uh, Zaha came across onto the other side, when Bellerin went off, I think once Bellerin, I think it must have been tactically by Hodgson to sort of, he, he realised that I think that uh, Bellerin was a threat going forward. So he wanted to push Bellerin back with Zaha getting, pushing him back on that side. The moment Licksteiner came on, uh, not straight away, he did, Licksteiner did let, Zaha, no, he was about with one or two challenges, didn't he? But it was obvious he was going to sooner or later come over onto Jacker's side. And you just feared that one-on-one -on -one situation in a penalty box, didn't you? It was going to happen sooner or later. I just wonder what he was thinking. He must have known Palace had two pacey wingers, yet he's prepared to play Jacker at left-back. Would it not have made sense, you think, to play Lickstein at left-back from the off? Well, I think he obviously did think about that maybe at one side, but I thought he was so poor on Monday night that he didn't go yeah. with that, down, down that route, I, I feel. And I think that Xhaka done, done okay. If I'm going to be honest, I, I felt there's only two players that come out of any credit on um, on the game yesterday, and one of them was Xhaka. I thought he'd done okay at left-back, and, and, and Torreira would be my other choice that I thought were the two players that come out with credit. But... I, I said before the game, if I was manager of Crystal Palace, if I was Roy Hodgson in that, if I tactically set up, you know, all my plans for the week with um, uh, Sahar playing on the on the left hand side to nullify Bellerin, and then come two o'clock or, or whenever it was half past twelve, I found out that uh, Shaka was playing left back. I'd have changed all my plans, and I would have yeah. I'd have put Zaha straight out there. Onto yeah. him straight away, and I was surprised that he didn't do that. If I'll be yeah. honest, but, but in saying that, you know, I, I felt Shaka done okay. And I, I know we're having a little bit of a dig at Emery. I, I honestly feel that I, he didn't feel that um, that the likes of Awobi, Lacazette, Abamyang, and Ozil were going to play that poor. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if I'll be honest, you know, you set it all up for them to play so poorly. Um, I also think that you have to give Crystal Palace a little bit of credit. I felt watching the game. Um, but what they'd done was they, they congested the midfield. So the only option was Bellerin out, uh, a ball out to Bellerin in the first half or or Shaka. And they felt to themselves, you know what, if they want to cross it in there, we've got enough to deal with that. But they, they made sure that Ozil didn't have no space in and around there. And I felt that this game yes, yesterday was more for someone like Aaron Ramsey to come from deep 
and, yeah. and, and try and break us down that way instead of Kudoja. I think Kudoja is going to be a fantastic footballer, by the way. I felt he had a great game when he came on against um, Leicester. I felt that everything was in front of him yesterday. He's not going to be one of these boys that's going to knock the ball, say, to in, into... Um, into an ozal and then do the second run. He's not that sort of player. And I felt that we we played into their hands a little bit tactically yesterday. Do you think, you know? Lee, do you think we should have matched them up 4-3-3 three, three then? Because if you, if you, the, the one consistency about Emery's sides are he has two centre-backs, he has two DMs, uh, and, he, and his full-backs bomb on. That's what he likes normally. So if you're going to play Ramsey in a central midfield pivot uh, and Ramsey's bombing on in the way you said, that leaves us only one... DM protecting the back four and he seems to resist that doesn't he he seems yeah. to like so oh. I just wonder whether you would have would you have gone 4-3-3 three, three. I think there was an argument for Aubameyang playing down the middle in this game yeah, but I know, I, for me I, you know when when you sort of look at things and all that and I had a I, you know you know, I'm not saying that I'm, I know more than Emery obviously I don't but I, I just looked at it and I thought you know this game you know, like horses for courses. I thought Danny Welbeck would have suited this game a lot better yeah, than, yeah. than 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 perhaps Lacazette um, or you know even a Really, I just felt that he's got the pace and power. One thing that I felt over the last couple of games, and I don't know if it's been a false because of you know because it is a Bamiang. I felt that we've we've had Danny Welbeck and Mkhitaryan playing or whoever. We've worn that worn down teams. Worn them yeah. down, and then we've had the lights of a banging camp. We didn't have that option yesterday, didn't have it. And um, once once um, the substitutions were made, they weren't as dynamic or as as a positive as they probably probably were in the last couple of games. You know, we've been bringing Ramsey on, we've been bringing the Bamiang on, and it's it's turned the tide. But this one here, it seemed to me that we brought on Welbeck and uh, Ramsey. To, to be more negative, if you know what I mean, than a positive move. It was yeah. to try and contain. I, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, but, I do well, think that we we may be not giving Crystal Palace enough credit. Yeah, though, I thought that was tactically brilliant, area. I, I, I think, that. yeah, I mean, I think Roy Hodgson is a, is a really good manager. I think he's a very underrated manager. I think when you look at Palace's team, I know they've had some, some poor results of late and they're in desperate need of points and stuff like that, but... At the end of the day, they have got the likes of Zaha. Townsend on his day is useful. Milivojevic is a player I saw quite a bit of during his time in Greece. He's a very solid centre midfield player. You know, he's very good from the spot as well. Um, very physical. MacArthur was in there as well. Also very physical. I mean, Max Meyer's come in from Schalke, who even we were linked with. He was excellent. Yes, he was excellent when he came on. He was. And, and, you know, he's not even starting in that team. So they are a really solid outfit, Crystal Palace. There's always a cracking atmosphere at Selhurst Park. So for me, I think that is one of the tougher away games in the league. It maybe doesn't get the the credit it deserves when you look at it on paper because, you know, Palace tend to go through these periods, don't they? Like the start of last season before Hodgson came in, they lost all seven and then they pick up and they started a bit ropey this year, but they're going to get going again, I think. So I think, you know, let's let's look at it maybe for what it is and look at it for face value and maybe Crystal Palace are, are were a lot stronger than some of the opponents we've played in recent weeks into on the day I mean I'm not yeah, saying they're I'll, better than some I'll, of the other I'll teams but yeah, I mean, on the I, I, day, they were right up for it. I, I think it was a sort of game, though. When we went to Fulham, he played a 4-4-2, uh, the traditional 4-4-2, and that team was a hard-working team. He had two out of possession. The, the two wide players in the half spaces, Mikatar and Awobi, worked back in a four with our two central midfield players. That was always going to be a physical game yesterday. And maybe, I, I'll, I'll throw this out then, I might, I might get absolutely criticised for this, but I sometimes think away from home in those sort of games, those sort of games don't suit Mesut Ozil. And yeah. I just think that there is an argument sometimes. Now, I love Ozil at home, and, and we were in raptures about his performance uh, on uh, Monday night against Leicester. But I think sometimes away from home, you know, in those sort of very physical battles, it's hard for him to get into it. And uh, obviously with Guendouzi and uh, Torreira not really giving him that many passes yesterday, that was one reason. But I think sometimes you want to, I've got sometimes no issue with the team when he sets it up without Ozil, when we're playing these harder away games where they're going to be physical and you want your players really working hard, players in areas who offer something going forward, but offer something out of possession as well. And I, I admit Ramsey could come into that in a 4-3-3. But um, I think that... Um, Sometimes in these physical matches, I think you 
I don't think it's a bad thing sometimes to leave Ozil out. Uh, you know, and I know it's slightly controversial, the most gifted player of his uh, generation for Germany, but I just think that sometimes you, when you set the team up, you're looking at what the opposition do uh, as much. And I know Emery does look at the opposition. And I'm just thinking sometimes in away games, I just want more work rate. And, uh, and I didn't think that we sort of like, admittedly, we were tired yesterday. That's the argument against it. As much as I say about the work rate, I just think it was a game too far for the players. But I, I'm just throwing it out there. Don't you think, Harry? Should uh, do you think we should leave Ozil out sometimes in these sort of games? What I would say is it's not necessarily that Ozil's the problem. It's that you can't have Aubameyang, Lacazette, Ozil and maybe Iwobi. I think that's too much. Mm. I think that's that's too much because ultimately, you know, you're playing a striker on one flank and Iwobi on the other side where he's not as useful. Um, in my opinion, he's more useful on the left-hand side. So I think it's, it's not... In my opinion, it's not necessarily that Mesut Ozil needs to be left out. It's more a case of if you're going to play Mesut Ozil, then you can't play a Bamiyang, Lacazette, and Iwobi. You've got to find the way of accommodating him or you leave him out. But what I'm trying to say is the combination's wrong. Not one. It's not down to one player, in my view. So, so I, I had no problem with Mesut Ozil coming off yesterday because we, we was winning 2-1. So from my point of view... You know, it's all about, you know, defending, trying to see out the game. Now, who do you want in there, Mesut Ozil or somebody else? You know what I mean? Mesut Ozil's work was done, if, even though he wasn't really that much of a contributor. The fact is then we needed to, to keep the game at 2-1. Now, when you're defending and got to make tackles, Mesut Ozil's not your man. So I, I didn't really see a problem with taking Mesut Ozil out. You know, he'd done his bit. But it was the way, it was the substitution for me that, that, that messed it up, really. And that's how I yeah. see it. But, um, listen, you know... It, He's, he's going to make mistakes. Every manager makes mistakes. And, it, you know, he probably look back on it and probably thinks that he does. But, you know, if we'd have won the game 2-1, everybody would have been saying another fantastic um, substitution. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, that, that's the way that's the way it is. We're going to have to go on to the um, the contentious decisions. Yeah. So, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, you know, the first penalty um, for Crystal Palace, minutes to, to go from the end. Guys, penalty or no penalty? I'm going to say the first one we're talking about, I'm yeah. going to say it is a, if you look at the incident that it was awarded for, it is a penalty, but in the build up, I thought Rob Holding was fouled. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. his, his shirt was ripped. I mean, what more proof do you need to show the referee than that you've had your shirt pulled? You know, I mean, do, do, do you know, what? I've got to say this because it's a tr terrific point. And I was, I was, I was with um, uh, Tony and Tommy yesterday, and we was uh, about five rows in right by the, um, right by where that lines and was. Yeah. Um, before the game, lined up was a load of photographers, right? And he made every one of those two photographers move back half a yard. You know what I mean? Like, no, totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. And I thought to myself, you know, he's getting busy already, this bloke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And then, <laughs> uh, just, it just, you know what I mean? He's just like, oh, I'm, I'm in charge here. It just didn't seem right. And then, to, to you know, to not see the pullback for the, for the, um, of the shirt when he's right by there, just summed him up really, you know what I mean? He, he, I just feel, you know, my worrying thing about officials is that they're, they're just getting worse and worse. And yeah, it was a foul on them. I don't know Harry, um, Harry see that he did or he didn't see that. And, um, you know, obviously then it leads to the corner, which leads to the, uh, you know, Rob Holding was giving him pelters, uh, you know, after the, the goal was as, as well. And quite rightly so, you know, but I know his shirt's ripped and everybody knows it. But that, what can they do? They're, they're both. I think even the referee said I didn't see it. So uh, what 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 can you say about that? But um, it led to a penalty, Graham. Penalty for you? Yeah, definitely penalty for me. Uh, as I said, I highlighted earlier the fact that uh, Coyote was very cute the way he got his foot across yeah. Mustafi. But why did Mustafi? What was he thinking? Why does he, Larry? Are you, what do you think? Why does he make those sort of challenges? Is, is he so, just? Is it, is it lack of concentration? Or what excellent way to happen. In, in my in my opinion, I don't think Mustafi's aware of where Coyote is, and that's the problem. Yeah. I think he's just thrown himself. He's he's committed, and then as he's committed, he's realised that. 
oh shit, Kiate's here. And he's like you said, he that's absolutely spot on. He's cute about it. He dangles his foot in there, he, he draws the contact, then he goes down. But also a point that I've not heard too many people talk about. I thought Bernd Leno should have dealt with the corner a lot yes, better. Yes, definitely. A, I mean, nobody's really raised that like sort of mm-hmm. when I've been scrolling through social media and stuff since the game. And as he I mean, we've already impressed with the bravery of his starting position. Uh, when you know, uh, uh, when he has to deal with through balls or when he's available to take passes and play out. But what do you think of him? He seems to favour the punch, doesn't he? Is he convincing from crosses? Is he no, convincing you from crosses? No, he's certainly not. He, you know, we could have lost against Leicester because of it. Like you know, I'm yeah. going to come on to that in a second. We we'll, we'll come back to that because it's a, it's an interesting debate. We're going to have. A, I want a little, I've, I've got it down here. What uh, a little question. Yeah. In about two or three minutes' time, so we're we're saying that that one's a penalty. I agree. Penalty. I think it was a penalty. Penalty. Yeah. Um, now onto the uh, Aubameyang goal. Um, and ball boys, should it have been given? Let's be honest here. It, it's definitely come off his hand. I've I've seen loads of people saying that uh, he was fouled, and I agreed with that when I. But you know, it took me four or five times to see to watch the replay before I actually uh, realised that Lacazette had been fouled there. So I guess if you're the referee, you might not see that, but I don't know how you've not seen it come off Lacazette's hand. I mean, his hand's up in the air like Diego Maradona. Yeah. It's so bad. But but was he, was he when he was jumping, was he, uh, the fact that he was being fouled by the defender, he was trying to get leverage for his jump. Does that sort of like unbalance him uh, enough for his arm to come up? I mean, I'm, that's that's what I throw out there. I, mean, I don't know what you think about that. Is is he unbalancing his jump? Uh, I'm, I'm sure he didn't try and flick it on with his hand, but obviously his, his hand was up there, wasn't it? If the ref if the referee sees that, it's a free kick to Palace, isn't it? But yeah, the referee... I, I think you know. I, I think it was a slight pull of his shirt. I don't think he's deliberately meant to handball it by the way and do that because if he did, he should be playing basketball because it was fantastic. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, you know, his his hands right up there. In my in my opinion, uh, watching it live, I never I never see it. I'm going to be honest, but once once I've seen it on the TV, you know, I, I have to say um, it's a penalty for me. Uh, well, it's, um, a free kick to. Christian well, I, I I think that if the referee if the referee sees it, it's a handball. Uh, if the referee doesn't doesn't see it, and it uh, uh, the question then is, does he see the foul? So presumably he didn't see the handball. And he didn't see the foul, did he? So, no. uh, in answer to your question, was we got away with it there, didn't we? It was a yeah. handball. It should it should have not counted for that reason. It yeah. was nine millimeters, nine millimeters over the line, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, unbelievable, no. like, unbelievable, unbelievable. I, I do think that if you can't see that handball, then you definitely haven't seen the foul because the yeah. handball is arms up in the air, and it, yeah. I'm not saying it was obvious. I had to see it a couple of times, but that is much easier to spot than sort of a bit of a yeah. tug in the in the oh, box so oh, you know we got away with it we got away with it um so now now this is the one that could cause a few um <laughs> uh, could call the divide and it certainly has done now i i'm gonna be honest i'm disappointed with um alan, alan shearer and, and ian wright they dismissed it straight away as a penalty you know i mean i don't think uh you um you can just say that he's tapped his knee and it's a definite penalty you know um i I'm going to say my bit first. I, I think that um, I, I think there was contact, but I think that he's he, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. I'm I'm going to be honest. Guy, I watched the guy. I watched the one with Willian who got booked for it uh, in the Burnley Chelsea game. And my opinion is that Sahar can um, can dive better than uh, William, and that's my <laughs> my opinion on it. Like you know, I don't think there's hardly anything difference in there. And I'm going to be honest with you as well, boys. I don't think. Um, the Martial one was a penalty as well, uh, um, at Evan. And all I think that he's dived before he's even got there as well. But there is this word now with there's contact, it's a penalty. So, um, you know, um, I know that it's causing a lot of other people to say it's a penalty. In my opinion, I would have, um, I would have, uh, I don't think I would have actually booked so hard for it, but I wouldn't give a penalty. But, um, I'm gonna say from the flip side cute from Zaha and uh, he earned himself uh, a penalty and, and got Palace a, uh, a point. Over to you. I'm going to go over to you, Graham, first this time. Go on. <laughs> oh, thanks for that, Lee. Um, well, I, I think he's very clever, isn't he, Zaha? I think that the question for me is, is all contact a foul? 
That's the no, thing. No, it isn't. And, it's and that, that, that's, that's the question. That's the debate we should be having. Is contact a foul? I mean, what he quite cleverly does was, uh, I mean, Jacker just sort of like stands and holds his ground, slightly dangles a leg, but nothing, nothing more than uh, Zaha could have got round him. He could have got round him quite comfortably. I think we have to say that. But what he does quite cutely is that he, he pushes it past and he runs into him and, and then he exaggerates the dive, doesn't he? So I think he invites the contact. And when the contact's made, he goes down. He knows uh, exactly what he's doing. For me, we were lucky with the uh, goal that put us ahead, but we were certainly unlucky there. So maybe it evened itself out. But for me, I, that was no penalty. Harry? I'm struggling with this one because um, I think Zaha's won it rather than we've conceded it. Um, I think that Xhaka sort of puts his leg out and threatens to make a challenge and then doesn't actually make the challenge. And Zaha's anticipated that and he's gone down like a ton of bricks. You know, the thing is, I always think that it depends on the player as well. It depends on the defender. Now, you look at Granite Xhaka and you can see that he's a bit slow at times. And when I say slower, I mean... So, do you think then, Harry, that he was, the referee was influenced by the fact it was Granite Xhaka? Is that what yeah, you're saying? That's what I'm saying, yeah. Is that, is that right then? No, it's not. It's not, but... We're human beings and people make assumptions. And I think, you know, I think that's, I think center halves get that quite a bit because of their frame, because they're so big and bulky. Some of them, you know, I think that they get penalized for stuff, um, perhaps and the unfairly other, at times. The other point you make there is about the fact that um, he anticipated. So when they anticipate, and then it doesn't happen, and they go down. That's diving. That's cheating, isn't it? Yeah. And so, and so, so, so you you're making an excuse for a forward there that it's all right for him to anticipate. He's anticipating the contact. The moment the contact is minor, uh, it's all right for him to go down. So he was anticipating it. And the, so what we're saying then is sometimes if forwards get into good positions and they anticipate contact and it doesn't happen and they go over, that's 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 diving, isn't it? So yeah, what's the yeah. difference? What's it, the difference? No. It is diving, absolutely. It is diving, but it's the state of modern football at the moment because... Well, we need seen, to do something about it, don't we? We do, but we've seen so many players. And, and one example that comes off the top of my head, I think it was last season, was in the Spurs-Man City game where Raheem Sterling was through on goal, got pulled back, stayed on his feet, missed the chance, and the penalty wasn't given. So what I'm trying to say is the fact that refereeing is so bad at the moment yeah. is influencing these players to go down because they feel they need to for the foul to get noticed. Now, Zaha's 100% only got going down in his mind there. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, right. if there is contact and you're sharper and nippier than that defender and, and the referee's watching it once and he probably looks and thinks Granite Jack is a bit of a lump, Zaha's nimble on his feet and... It, 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 you can understand why the referee would give it. Can, 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 yeah, can we flip? Can we flip the argument then? Do you remember the game against Watford when Lacazette went through on the left hand side of their penalty box? I'm just, yeah. just going to uh, come uh, up to that fantastic point. Um, yeah. So uh, when so Watford, on 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 your on your was argument, there contact. Yeah, there was contact, right? right? So on your argument so, then, when Lacazette gets fouled and he stays on his feet, he's stumbling, but he stays upright. But the chance is gone. Should that be a penalty? Yeah, yeah it this, should is be. My, this is my but, argument because but, Alan Shearer turns around and says, oh, it's contact, it's a penalty. There was contact in that one against Watford, right? Yeah. But because he doesn't go down, it's not a penalty. It's not a penalty. That's well, the, but, this is the argument we're saying. Oh, there's contact, yeah. so it's definitely a penalty. There was contact with um, Lacazette, but on on that match of the day that day, they asked the question, no, it's not a penalty. Well, what's the difference? But that's, exactly. that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. If that one where Lacazette got contact and he didn't go down, he didn't get the penalty. So strikers feel now that they have to go down to get the penalty. That's my point. Yeah. This is all oh, a consequence. This is all a consequence of bad officiating for years and years and years. And people now feel that they need to go down. The thing, the other thing I'm going to say as well, and, and someone else made this point today. I'm not going to take credit for this, but um, I think it was Gunner Blog actually when he said that if we're going to praise the shithousery of someone like Licksteiner for taking people out in dangerous situations, then we can't moan about a player doing what Zaha did because it's the same thing. It, no, it, I, it, I agree. Like we're saying that Mustafi should have took out the blade before yeah, then. Like, exactly. You know what I mean, and so but, which is, is is a form of cheating. I, I get that. I've yeah. got no problem with Zaha doing what he's doing. You know, what I mean, people are going mad about it. There, I think it's clever. We're going to have to leave it there because I know we're, we're running out for time. Like so, we're both so. At the end of the day, it's been given, and 
for whatever reason. But I think that you could go on all night about this argument. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and go from there. Right, quickly, before we go, I know that as a few of us want to want to watch the, the uh, Man City, hopefully, snuff Spurs. I've got that's one question I'm going <laughs> to ask in a minute. But my question there is that uh, Petrček's fit. He's fit. I think that he'll play against Blackpool. Um, and I, I've, got, I've obviously just got to quickly wrap it up. So we're going to quickly go in there. So come Liverpool on Saturday, 5.30, Who's your goalkeeper? I would go with Leno based on the opponent. Liverpool are going to try and put us high up the pitch and Petr Cech's looked shaky with the ball at his feet. Leno, yes, he's not as dominant from crossing situations. I'd give you that. But I think based on our opponent, I think I'd stick with Leno. And I don't think he's done enough wrong to be dropped. Graham? I agree with Harry 100%. <laughs> I think the Liverpool, I think the, it is a difficult one, and it's a good point. I think the funny thing is, you can't flip your goalkeepers around like you flip the uh, players around on the pitch, can you? Tactically, like for example, if sometimes you want to play a, a certain shape, a certain formation, you might move a player out, move a player in tactically, but with your goalkeeper, you don't do that with your goalkeepers. And to be honest, Czech would have been ideal on Sunday because he would have been better at coming for those crosses that Leno was struggling with. But I think Harry's nailed it. I think yeah, Harry's nailed I, I it. I think Harry's nailed it as well. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally that. Do you know what? You both nailed it, really, because I think if Czech, if if we was playing Crystal Palace, say, on Saturday, uh, I, I would have probably gone with Czech because, you know, more aerial threat of, of Crystal Palace. But I think that this is a game where they're going to be more football involved. And I think Harry's nailed it there. I, 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 for that reason... Um, I would go for for um, Leno as well, like that. But the last question, I'm going to wrap it up now um, because obviously the game. I was going to talk about this. A lot of Arsenal fans are saying, "Oh, we want a draw tonight, or they want uh, Tottenham to win um, because if um, Man City win today, they go four points in front of us." Blah 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 blah. My take of it is that we're we're not going to challenge for the title. I've seen enough reasons on Sunday to to say why we're not going to, but we've got a chance to challenge for top four. More realistically, we've got uh, our rivals for the top four space are uh, Tottenham and Manchester United. So the more points they drop, the better. So for me today, it's, it's nothing but a Manchester City win. Um, guys, what's, what's your take on it? Go on, Harry. All right, okay. Go on, you go. go on. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I never want Tottenham to win any match. So, um, so for me, I always want, I always want Man City to win. I think... Um, I, I can I get the point about Tottenham are also our rivals for a top four spot. So another, another argument why you want them to lose the game, but for me, I just you know uh, I just don't want Tottenham to win any game. I was I was born in 1961, just seven months after Tottenham last last won the league, and I just want to get off this planet before they win the league again. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so uh, basically, I don't want Tottenham to win any game. So and I think I don't. Uh, they're at home, and that Wembley pitch is a bit like a bogmire at the moment, isn't it? Which might stifle Man City's attacking fluency but I think Man City will have too much for him surely yeah I, I agree that pitch looks like a vegetable patch so I guess anything could happen but um, like Graham I never want Spurs to win um, unless it's going to directly hand us a title or something then I don't ever want to see him win so yeah, but it's only happened once I've wanted uh, Spurs to win do you remember at Old Trafford and yeah, they let us yeah, down like you know what I mean so, so just uh, just before we just before we wrap it up, though, just yep. quickly, Lee, just take your take very quickly. You are the judge, mate. So, <laughs> what, what do you think we need to do to beat Liverpool on Saturday? How do you think we would set up? And what do you think we need to do? Can you see us? Have we got any chance in that game? Yeah, I think that we have. I, I, I've I've not been that impressive with Liverpool last few games. I watched them against Huddersfield. I know that they're just different ball game, different game. Um, but uh, I, I I feel that I would go back to the the team that were that played against Leicester. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, the choice comes down to whether it's uh, Mkhitaryan or Ramsey playing in that role. Um, personally, um, I, I would um, I, I would stick with um, Mkhitaryan in there and bring in Ramsey and uh, Abameyang uh, on to uh, um, take it away from if if if, if needs be. And quickly, just one thing before we go. 
we can't leave the pod without talking about the Paul Merson comments then, which are linked to that. He described our defence as the same as Fulham, who have conceded about 17 more goals than us and said Liverpool are going to spank us by three, four goals. So what's your reaction to the Paul Merson comments? And what did you think of uh, Paul oh, Merson? Oh, I love Paul Merson. He's got a point and all that, but by his own admission, he's not a stable man. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that's right. He, he's obviously just trying to stay relevant. Um, and I, I think we, we just need to send our condolences as well to those affected by the Leicester yeah. City thing as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah. get well soon to Glenn Hoddle. Might well, be one that, of them, well said, but... Harry. Well said. Like, well yeah. said, Harry. Well said, Harry. Yeah, well said. And uh, and, and on, on on that note, we'll leave it there. Um, we've only done a quick one today because obviously like, we all want to get for, to watch the Man City uh, Spurs game. Harry's itching. I can see he's itching like the game's kicked off. So uh, thanks for um, for that, Harry. Thanks for that, uh, Graham. Don't forget, Graham's got a new show out on Arsenal Fan TV. Check it out. It's a tactics thing. Um, me and Harry were talking before coming on air how good it was, um, the way you talk and all that, Graham. So uh, good luck with that. I- yeah, thanks, sure thanks, Lee. I think it, I think it's in its embryonic stages. I think probably uh, that, that's uh, where that's where all things start. All good things start from that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, good luck with that, Harry. Um, cheers, on, cheers, uh, on the Chronicles of Saint later on, you're doing tonight. Later on, that you're saying? Yeah, um, we've we've actually got Keith Hackett joining us tonight. So we'll where are you getting all, these guests from? Where are you getting them? Where'd you get him from? Where'd you put him out the bag? Um, Keith Hackett's actually a regular on our Sofa Sports podcast. Um, he's he's been coming on for about a year on and off. So. Um, just had a quick word with him today and managed to get him for 15 minutes at half time of the Spurs. Can we get hold of that, Harry, quickly? How can we get to watch that? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. We always tweet the links out from there. But it's on all the usual places, iTunes, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, all that stuff. So, and and so finally, sure. finally, your old mate, Kevin Campbell, uh, he, he tweeted me over the weekend. I was... You know, a real honour to be tweeted by Kevin Campbell, uh, praising me for my analysis. But I think, you know, we should get him on the pod again, shouldn't we? He's your big yeah, mate. Yeah, so he's, where's he, uh, where's he he's, come? Uh, he's, he will be coming on. Um, he a- actually mentioned about it a couple of weeks ago. So I've seen Kevin Saturday. So uh, after a few beers, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll twist, it, I'll <laughs> twist it, his arm. Get like, it done. Right, get, it done. Like, get it done. Get it done. Like, you know what I mean? So we'll leave it there and we'll get Kevin on definitely like yeah. Okie dokie. So thanks for uh, everybody that's been watching today and uh, the support that we've been getting has been fantastic and uh, that's been overwhelming. So uh, long may that continue. Guys, thanks for joining us tonight and uh, have a good week. Let's hope we get the result against Blackpool. I know we didn't mention that, but uh, it's all about the Premier League, isn't it? So uh, we'll we'll go from there. Uh, If you're going on Wednesday, have an enjoyable game and we'll see you back after the game against Liverpool, hopefully with three points in the bag. Come on, you gunners. Come on, you gunners. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.